and welcome to this week's episode of Fan Fatales. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby. And this week we're continuing our winter wonderthon with some 90s and early 2000s Christmas movies. That's right. Now we will be talking about Elf, Home Alone, The Polar Express, and the 2000 live action Grinch. Yes. So if you haven't seen those movies, which I don't know anybody who like hasn't seen those movies. I know. Same. But, like, if you haven't, spoilers, I guess. (laughs) So, shall we get started with Elf? Which is one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies. Honestly, almost every single movie on this list, I have to watch at least once a year. Same. Excuse me. (laughs) That that came out of nowhere. (laughs) So, the synopsis for Elf is, raised as an oversized elf, a human travels from the North Pole to NYC to meet his biological father, who doesn't know he exists and is in desperate need of some Christmas spirit. It was directed by John Favreau. I know, which I was like, what? Yes. <laughs> when I saw um, that, I was like, Marvel and Star Wars know? fame, John Favreau. Yeah. Happy yeah. in Marvel. Yeah. Um, I was like, how out- did I not know that? <laughs> It came out in 2003, and the cast includes Will Ferrell as Buddy, James Caan as Walter, Bob Newhart as Papa Elf, um, Ed Asner as Santa, Mary Steenbergen as Emily, Zoe Deschanel as Jovi, Daniel Tay as Michael, Faison Love as Gimbal's manager, Peter Dinklage as Miles Finch, which I also forget that he's in this movie all the time. Every time. That's like the first thing I think of. Besides the, bye buddy, I hope you find your dad. I think of when he like attacks him. Yeah. And Amy Sedaris as Deb. Yeah. Now, there were so many fun facts for this movie because I couldn't just choose one. A lot of these have a lot of fun facts. (laughs) Yeah. So, the first one is several minor traffic accidents occurred when Will Ferrell walked through the Lincoln Tunnel in his costume because people were so surprised and distracted from their driving to see him wearing an elf outfit. To which our lovely editor, Kara, said that this movie had a budget of a subway sandwich, so shenanigans occurred. Yeah, that's accurate. And then the cotton balls Buddy eats well in the doctor's office were actually cotton candy that had not been dyed. Um, Which I think is actually really interesting. Yeah, same. And also, speaking of the doctor's office, John Favreau is the doctor. Oh, yeah! <laughs> and then, speaking of director John Favreau, he drew Buddy's crayon drawing of himself in the card he made for his dad in the movie. Which I think is so cute. I, I love that. I love that Same. part. Um, the scene where the fake Santa is chasing Buddy had to be done in one take because it was too hard to rebuild everything. <laughs> the Lego Empire, like Empire State Building, and the Statue of Liberty, and <laughs> all of imagine. the snow and the trees and the model trains. I couldn't even imagine how much time it took to set that up. Same. And then our last. Fun fact is Peter Bingsley, who is the actor who played Ralphie in A Christmas Story, played Ming Ming, who is the elf in charge of keeping track of toy making in this movie. Hmm. 
I don't remember that one, but he's the one where he's like, um, Buddy is like the etch a sketches. Hey, I'm gonna be a little short. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the kid from Christmas Story, all grown up. That's crazy. Yeah. So who's your favorite character? I have to know because mine is like, oh, I love my character. Buddy? Well, yeah. Like, he's the best who one. Else? Although, I have I often been Zoe. compared to Zoe Deschanel in New Girl. So I have a little bit of a soft spot for her just because I love Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. I love Jovi so, so much. Yeah. Me too. She's great too. Yeah. So what's your favorite moment? So, okay, there's a few of them. I was like, oh, this one, and then also this one, and then also this one. Oh, also this one. So (laughs) I just love this whole movie. This is, like, one of my favorite movies. Like, Zach and I are going on the 16th to go see it at, like, a rooftop movie screening. I'm really excited. It's going to be fun. You see, I'm not going to be able to see it, like, in, like, the movie theater or anything like that this Christmas season. But And I will talk about this a little bit later. A bunch of my friends are in a production of Elf right now, and I just saw it, like, a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the musical Elf, for those of you who do not know. Yeah. So, um, I my favorite parts, I'm just going to say parts, because there's a lot of them, are, I love at the end, the very end, you know, when everybody's singing and Santa's sleigh flies, like, that part always makes me cry. Always. Like, I get so excited every time. Same. That's one of my favorite um, moments, too. Yeah. I also really love when Jovi's in the shower and she and Buddy do the baby it's cold outside. Yeah. I think that part's really cute too, um, but also hilarious. Um, I also love the best the best part, I already quoted it, is when Buddy's leaving the North Pole and Mr. Narwhal goes, Bye, Buddy. I hope you find your dad. And he goes, Thanks, Mr. Narwhal. I love that part. I don't know. I just, <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah. And then I wrote, I just love so much about this movie. Ah, like I literally wrote that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Another but one I of my favorite love... moments is when Buddy first shows up to Walter's work and everyone thinks he's a Christmas gram. Right. It's right. so cute. Or like when he like I'm first singing. gets there. <laughs> and you're my dad. <laughs> and you didn't no, know I was or... born, but I love you. I love you. I love, <laughs> I love you. No, but I also love when, um, like, on his first day at the office, like, in his, like, little office workwear, and he's in the mailroom, and they get him plastered. Yeah. I love that part. So, so much to love. This movie is just fantastic. So, what's your least favorite moment? Honestly, even though I love, uh, I hate the moment with um, Walter yelling at Buddy, making him run away. Mm-hmm. Me too. I also don't like the Peter Dinklage part. Like Me neither. <laughs> so they cut that part, kind of our segue into the musical. They cut Peter Dinklage's character out of the musical. Entirely. Understandably. Yeah. So instead, um in in the conference room in that scene, um, well, there's a whole thing. So the entire character of Miles Finch is cut. In its place, Walter's staff writers happen upon the only copy of an unpublished manuscript for a Christmas story by a deceased famous author, Chris Smith. And Buddy shreds the document, not understanding its significance, which is when Walter yells at him and wishes that he wasn't his son. 
And then that's mm. when Buddy runs away. And that's the act one finale. Got that it. moment. So then later on in the show, um, there's a conference room scene with Mr. Greenway, who is, like, yelling at Buddy's dad about, like, hey, where's my new story that you promised me today? And Buddy pitches the idea of making the book about how he came to the North Pole leading to the song, the story of Buddy the Elf. And Mr. Mm. Greenway loves the story. But Walter quits after Greenway says that he wants to change the main character of a story from an elf to a horse because horses sell better. Um, And instead of Walter going with Michael to bring Buddy back um, home with Mr. Greenway firing Walter. That makes no sense, but okay. I know. I was like, that's interesting. And then there's some minor changes. Um, like, the it's a Macy's instead of Gimbal's. Of course. For the store. And then um, Buddy's dropped off at the Hobbs house instead of being bailed out of jail by Walter. I honestly, I like it better that he's bailed out of jail. I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's, like, a very comedic, like, here's yeah. your son. Da-da-da-da. Um... Instead of, like, the giant book, it's, like, an iPad that the kid has to carry around with Santa's list on it. Because they make it more early, or modern, like, 2021. I like the book. I do like the book, but I understand the iPad. Yeah, for, like, staging reasons. But, like, I mean, honestly, for props, it'd be pretty easy to just make it out of, like, a giant piece of cardboard and some, like, just, like, make it hollow. Don't make it, like, an actual book. Like, hollow out the book. Well, he would need to open it. Yeah. So make the inside hollow, make it openable and like have like one or two pages that are good and then just hollow the inside of the book out. So it's not so heavy. Yeah. Um, So some notable scenes are um, from the film are absent, which are Buddy's visit to the mailroom and Buddy rescuing Michael from the school bullies in Central Park. But that's like... (sighs) They also add a whole, like, subplot of Michael and his mom not believing in Santa, and then them, like... But that's not the point. The whole movie, Michael believes. That's the point. It's like, Michael is the one to start the... Hello? Okay, no. I don't know if I like this. See? But how they do it is, um, they have a song and they're writing a letter to Santa in exchange of Buddy helping Michael with his, like, school project that's failing. But the school project is so such a good scene. See, here's the thing. They cut out all the scenes where Buddy is being a good big brother to Michael. And I don't like that. They add some scenes to it to make him a but, good big brother. But they're like the notable ones. Those are like the icon, some of the iconic scenes from yeah, the film. I don't know. Like, and well, then I guess the whole the film big itself one is iconic, but. That, well, they do like every notable, like iconic. They do the whole, I'm singing, I'm in a store. And I'm singing. And then the line about, oh, what is it? The, you smell like, um, you sit on a throne of lies, that whole thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like, well, what did I, um, sing for you on your birthday? Happy birthday? (gasps) Dang it. Yeah, that whole scene they do. Like, they do, and by Mr. Narwhal, like, that whole scene. Okay. Yeah. But still, I don't know. I just think the movie is perfect. And in, in it's pretty I much agree. perfect that it shouldn't be touched. I, I'm i kind of against the whole elf musical thing. You know what? In general, I'm kind of against the whole turning movies and TV shows into musicals. Yeah. 
I like for some of it, it's okay. Like for some of them, like there's creative liberties or like if you're going to be really following the original script. Yeah. Like with Bridgerton, Bridgerton was adapted off a book series, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of content there to go off of, but like, I don't know. I just feel like there are a lot of movies that got turned into musicals that didn't have to be done. I want to see something original. Don't give me like you see, there's another, Ice Age. You see, there's another Christmas um, musical that like that is based on a movie that makes me more upset than this one. So I under, I like this is one. Is it the Die Hard one man show? No. I didn't know they even made that. N- a guy did. I don't remember where. But it's, it's true. I learned that a few years ago, that there was a guy who made a diehard one-man show. Yeah, you see, the one I was talking about was um, the, oh, what was it? Oh, Christmas Story. Mm. I don't like that one. Anyway, I feel like we should move on. Yeah, I, I didn't mention the like other thing that annoyed you when I was telling you about it yesterday. Oh, go ahead. The fact that they cut out Papa Elf. Shame. Just shame. Just garbage. Bad decisions left in Though, let me tell you, the best song in that show is one that Buddy doesn't even sing. It's one that Jovi sings, and I will fight anyone who disagrees with me on that. It is called Don't Fall in Love with an Elf, and it's like... Hmm. Um, and it's an act, it's her act two song and it's like right before Santa, the whole Santa thing and he's forgotten mm-hmm. their date, like their Aww. second date. And she sings yeah. a whole song about, um, like don't fall in love with an elf. Like I've had all these like bad relationships, but never did I think it would turn out this bad kind of song. Aww. Yeah. It's like a really history sad, of wrong guys. yeah, it's like history of wrong guys, but That's sad, but buddy the elf. Yeah. Okay. So what would you so, rate this film out of 10? Of course. I have to give it a 10 out of 10. Same. This is like, most of these movies, I guarantee you, are some of my childhood favorites. Or like, I watch them every year. So I feel like Same. I can't give them any lower than like a 9. I feel like I rated one of them a little bit lower. No, I just can't. I can't. It's like... They're yeah. all too good. Um, so what do you think the critic and audience score of this movie on Rotten Tomatoes is? Audience score, 98. Okay. Critic score, 100%. No, I don't know. So the critic score is an 85% certified fresh. Okay, cool. And then the audience score is a 79 Okay, you know what? Fair, because my mom actually hates this movie, and I don't know why, and I get so upset every time I bring it up. She's like, no, I don't want to watch that movie. I hate that movie. It's dumb. And I'm like, it's not dumb. I love Buddy, okay? Yeah. Also, yeah, they do the whole um, maple syrup pasta scene in the musical, which I was very surprised that they did that. I know. Honestly... If it didn't have the tomato sauce, I would try it. Same. I feel like it'd give you instant diabetes, but I'd try it. <laughs> I would try it without the um, the sauce. tomato sauce. Yeah. 
Um, so do you- we should do an episode on our YouTube channel where we try movie foods. I thought we were going to. But like foods like that, maybe minus the tomato sauce. Maybe and then we'll put a little bit on it. We try it with. Well, I have one of the four main food groups on my desk. Candy corn. Yep. What is it? Candy, candy canes, Cane, candy, candy corn. corn. And syrup. And syrup, yeah. I was like, what's that fourth one? It's candy, 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 candy canes, canes, candy corn, corn and syrup. syrup. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, shall we get into Home Alone? Yes, this is my dad's favorite Christmas movie. Same. He loves this movie. Same. And I'll talk about my dad's favorite scene in this movie a little bit later. Okay, me too, me too. So do you want to do the synopsis? Sure. Okay. So an eight-year-old troublemaker must protect his home from a pair of burglars when he's accidentally left home alone by his family during Christmas vacation. Which, first of all, hold on. How do you even forget your whole kid? Like, (laughs) I understand a toothbrush. But a whole kid. Like, a toothbrush, a phone charger, pair of underwear, fine. But your child? Like, what? <laughs> so, yeah. it was directed by Chris Columbus, and it came out in 1990. The cast includes Macaulay Culkin as Kevin, Joe Pesci as Harry, Daniel Stern as Marv, John Hurd as Peter, or Kevin's dad, um, Roberts Blossom as uh, Mr. Marley, and Catherine O'Hara as Kate or Kevin's mom. Yes. So, Joe this Pesci also on has set. A lot of facts. Yeah, because it's a great movie. I'm telling you, they all have great facts. So on set, uh, Joe Pesci was like deliberately avoiding Macaulay Culkin because he wanted like Macaulay to think that he was like a mean guy or like scary, so that way the reactions would be genuine. Yeah. You do the next one. Oh, okay. The picture Kevin finds of Buzz's girlfriend was a picture of a boy made to look like a girl because director Chris Columbus thought it would be too cool to make fun of a girl like that. The boy that was used in the photo was art director Dan Webster's son. Yes, and actually I saw something about this, and it was like at school after this movie came out, people loved him. Like, they weren't making fun of him. They were like, dude, you're a legend. That is so funny. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern felt kind of indifferent about the movie's potential while they were shooting. So they intentionally gave like super over the top performances and neither of them thought that it would be a massive success. And like we're talking about it today and it's what, 30 years old? My gosh, is it really? Yeah. I don't like that. And then a fun fact when I was talking with our dear editor, Kara was that Macaulay Coughlin has never stopped calling Catherine O'Hara mom whenever he sees her. That's so cute. I know. I, I, she told me that fact. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to add it in. Mm-hmm. So, That's adorable. Who is your favorite character? Mm, definitely Kevin. Yeah, exactly. Like, Yeah, who else? everybody else is mean. Yeah. Everybody else is like a jerk. Yeah, including the mom. Like, and I was the watching. Dad. And the dad. I was watching Home Alone 2 earlier, like, today, just, like, in the background. And she's like, well, you got your wish last year. Maybe it will come true again this year. I'm like, bitch, you were so worried about, like, finding him the last movie. Like, and you're, like, <sighs> risking fate again, knowing it came true last year. 
Yeah, that's rude. And then he gets lost in New York, which honestly, I love Home Alone 2 just as much as I love Home Alone 1. Home Alone 3 sucks. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin was too old, so they were like, no. Different kid. And I'm like, garbage movie. I agree. (laughs) One and two are the only good ones. Yeah, and I don't even want to see the fourth one that just came out this year. Me neither. So what's your favorite moment? I love, my favorite, favorite, favorite part is when they're in the church and uh, Marley is like showing Kevin, like talking to Kevin and being like, oh, that's my granddaughter up there. And I don't get to see her because like her father and I had a falling out and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's so sweet. And I love that moment. That's also one of my favorite moments. I also like when Kevin and his mom are reunited on Christmas morning. You don't? I don't know. Like, yeah, it's sweet and it's like a good way to put a little ribbon and bow on it. But like, I don't know. She was so mean to him at the beginning. It's really hard for me to get over it. I know. In all honesty. I just love the moment when he goes outside and then he's disappointed because he thinks that they haven't come home and then like he goes back inside and immediately we see the van pull up yeah yeah Um, and then like yeah i also i also love like of course you have to love the whole like house trap sequence that's like iconic from this movie can we just talk about how two of my notes like right in a row are okay um he should be dead now Okay, they should both be dead now. Yeah, there is a video. I can't, I think it was a, I can't, I think it was like a Mythbusters video. And people like did the traps from Home Alone on like, um, I guess they were like gelatin bodies. Like they were made to, they're yeah. like human body replicas. They're used for like impact testing. Yeah. Um, and they, like, did the paint cans and, like, the skull was so smashed. Like, the skull didn't get smashed, but the force, like, pushed the brain back into the skull and forward that it, like, basically turned the brain into mush. Oh, my gosh. And, like, the um, the crowbar, like, smashing on the chest, like, broke not only, like, the entire sternum, but, like, all of the internal organs were punctured underneath so it's like... Yeah, if they're not dead in this movie, they should definitely be dead when he's throwing bricks on them in the on New their York heads. one. On their yeah. heads. But I think when I said that he should be dead is the blowtorch to the head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did that too. Like, um, they also tested the um, the electric uh, charcoal starter. Yeah, that's when I said the that the other one should be dead. Well, the, um, what happened was like the internal framing of like the internal part of the door burned because it got so hot that actually the other side of the handle didn't get hot enough to burn the skin like that. But the side with the, um, with the electric thing on it was like red hot, but the inside of the door started burning. So they had to take it off because it was like gonna like cause a big fire. Yeah. So Um. moral of the story don't do anything Kevin McAllister does in Home Alone. Yeah. Also, just can we don't. just talk about how the, like, neighbor kid is basically the know-it-all kid from Polar Express, just in high action. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> that was, but like, he's one of my he has, 
He only asked questions, though. He's like, where are you going? I heard that you guys are going to Paris. We're going to Miami. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. What does this do? What does that do? What kind of money do you make? How fast does this go? Yeah. Shut up. Also, can we talk about how getting to the airport and on the plane in 45 minutes would not work at all nowadays? Oh, right. No, like, it takes 45 minutes sometimes just to get through security. Yeah. Like... Also... It's weird, like, thinking about, like, the airport scenes in, like, a post-2001 era. Mm-hmm. It's like every time I watch Friends and they all, like, go to the gate, I'm always like, eh. Well, he, doesn't he go to the Twin Towers in the second one? Yes, he does. That's weird for me, like, thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, the Skyline still has it in the second one, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. Also, really can we talk odd. about how empty that church was for a Christmas Eve? A Christmas service? Yeah. Yeah, it was him and Old Man Marley. And like a few other, like two or three other parishioners. But like, come for on. A Christmas Eve service at like no 8 way. o'clock? No way. I think it was earlier than 8 o'clock. I think it was like a 5 o'clock service. Well, it was already dark and he, he leaves because he sees it's 9 o'clock. Because they said that they're going to rob at nine. I thought he leaves because he only has a little bit of time left to set up. I didn't think it was already nine o'clock. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Because, like, you know it gets dark at, like, 4.30 now. True. Like, it's 4.30 in the afternoon and it'll start getting dark. I look out because it's almost 4 o'clock p.m. Yeah, it's, I look over and I'm like, oh, wait, it's middle of the day. It is one (laughs) o'clock. Yeah, we're normally starting at, like. At least five your time. Yeah. But anyway, I just, I thought it was just like, oh, he's, he's going because he only has a few hours left to set up all the traps. Yeah. So I don't know. It could be because he did say, um, I can't come back tonight when he's talking about the granddaughter singing. Oh, yeah. He goes, I can't come back tonight because my son is going to be here. So I was like, hmm, that means it's like. Just probably four thirty, five o'clock. Yeah. So, meh. Oh no. So, what's your dad's somebody... favorite scene in this movie? It's when it's when okay, it's when Joe Pesci is on the floor and he has the spider crawling <gasps> on him, and <laughs> the other guy takes a crowbar and smashes him in the chest every single time he dies laughing. Yeah, you see, mine is my dad's is much more sweeter, I guess. Being I'm sure. Kevin sees Marley with his family and granddaughter at the end of the movie. Oh, I do love that scene too. That so, one's really good. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's my favorite moment. That's my dad's favorite moment. What is your least favorite moment? Oh, we didn't even do that yet. No. Oh, let me get back up. <laughs> Probably the scene with in the van. The van scenes are creepy. I don't like it. They are very weird. I agree. But I think my least favorite is, um, at the, I just think the beginning when everybody's being so terrible to Kevin, yeah. I can't like stand everyone's that. eating his, um, uh, his cheese pizza. Yeah. His cheese pizza. And, um, like they shove him up in the attic. 
And like everybody's just being so mean, especially like the adults. His uncle. Like, yeah. Okay, let's all be honest. The uncle is kind of a jerk because, you know, when they're all on the plane on the way to Paris and he goes, he goes, I forgot my reading glasses. Does that make you feel any better? And they all just kind of look at him like, no, not the same thing. Like. (laughs) Emma's going. Emma's losing it a little bit, guys. I took a bite of my uncrustable right when you said that, and I was like trying not to laugh it off. People at work say I laugh like Cat Valentine. You do. They, every time I laugh, they come up behind me and they go, hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, it's not the same. <laughs> so, Gabby, what would you rate this film out of 10? Nine and a half out of 10. I did nine out of 10. Nine and a half. I'm sticking with it. The beginning okay. is a little slow. Yeah, I agree. It takes a long time to get to the comedy. I mean, there are a lot of little comedic bits in there. But, like, personally, I think the part where he's, like, doing all the grocery shopping and, like, getting the toothbrush and, like, oh, gosh, what else? And, uh, Can we the talk first about how time he goes the to the church. associate is? Oh, yeah. I didn't like her. No, me neither. I think she was the shop owner, actually. Oh, was she the shop owner? Yeah, I think she and her husband are the shop owners. Interesting. And it looked like their grandson was the one who was the, like, stock boy. Okay. So what do you think the critic and audience score of this movie are? Um, I think the audience gives it a 70, 76, and critics give it a 78. Okay, so the critic score is a 66%, and the audience score is an 80%. Okay. Now, the annual me going down to see what the critics had to say that was bad about this film. Yes. Okay, let's see the bad reviews. Come on. Oh, really quick, while you're looking at that. I wanted to point out really quick. My dad and I have watched this movie pretty much every year for who knows how long. And he knows the whole movie. He goes, and the iron. And then it goes, smack. And then he goes, oh, and here comes the paint cans. Poof. Like, it's like he says it. And then he starts laughing about it before it even happens. Like, just like the memory of it is so funny. And then it happens and he laughs harder. It's just yeah. so funny. I just love watching this movie with him. It's great. Um, when it's going somewhere, Home Alone is quite funny, but Hughes and Columbus hung too much on the scene setting slight idea. The film brings too much baggage and the trip seems too much too long. This was a critic from the Miami Herald and this is one of the negative ones at a 2.5 out of 4. I mean, he has a point. He does. 
I don't know. I just love this movie so much. I think it's maybe the nostalgia of this movie that I like, think so too for me. Um, I like can't objectively rate this movie. Um, someone from the Herald Sun in Australia says expert conceptual construction from celebrated writer director John Hughes. The Breakfast Club, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles elevates a low-flying oh caper comedy to great heights. Oh, I just saw the next scores for the next movie we're covering. Am I going to be upset? I'm upset. So shall we get into Polar Express? Yes. Okay. The Polar Express. I have watched this movie since I was probably three years old. I have... I love this movie so much. I did not it has a what very, year it came out in. It has a very soft spot in my heart for this movie because this movie, like, I used to watch this movie every single year. Me and my biological dad would go to Tahoe and we would watch it in the snow. We'd rent it from the Lake Tahoe library and we would sit on the couch and drink hot cocoa and watch this movie. And it just, like, there are so many good memories around this movie for me. Yeah. And I just, I just, ugh, I love this movie so much. So you see, my memories of um, this movie are my elementary school. We would always do, like, every year at the elementary school from kindergarten to fifth grade, we would have Polar Express Day, and it would be, like, the... Like, the one or two days before, it would be, like, one of the, like, last days before winter break happened. And we would all show up in our pajamas, and we would, like, parade around the whole school with the, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. That's so cute! That music. And then we would go to our respective classrooms and have popcorn and hot chocolate and watch the Polar Express. That's so cute! So, yeah. We also did, um, we also watched... Charlie Brown Christmas in school for the yeah, first couple years, we did too. at least. I'm thinking I'm in, I was put in charge of doing our 12 Days of Spirit leading up to Christmas this year. Yeah. And so I'm thinking of uh, making one of the days Polar Express PJs. Jeez. So you just wear your most Polar Express-y PJs. Yeah. I would there wear you these. Go. <laughs> So, the synopsis of The Polar Express is, On Christmas Eve, a young boy embarks on a magical adventure to the North Pole on the Polar Express while learning about friendship, bravery, and the spirit of Christmas. Um, it was directed by Robert Zem, and it came out in 2004. Would you like to do the cast? Okay. Really quick, before we start the cast, you know how during the Princess Switch episode, or the last episode, we were joking, oh, Vanessa Hudgens is this, Vanessa Hudgens is this, Vanessa Hudgens is this. This, literally, this movie is that. (laughs) Because, okay, Tom Hanks as father, Tom Hanks as conductor, Tom Hanks as hobo, Tom Hanks as Scrooge, and Tom Hanks as Santa Claus. Like, come on! And the adult voice of Hero Boy. Yeah, Come on! Literally, Tom Hanks carried this movie. Yeah. That's why this <laughs> cast also, is so short. Yeah, he also did the additional body doubling for Hero Boy that was needed. He did it, and we'll get into the other person who did it um, yeah. in our fun facts. But yeah, I just... <laughs> so I funny. I did the, the yeah, I saw. Name. Yeah. 
So, um, so yeah, Tom Hanks plays literally everybody. No, I'm just kidding. There's a few other people. Um, it inclu- also includes Daryl Sabra as Hero Boy, Leslie Zemeckis as Sister Sarah slash Mother, Eddie Deason as Know It All, Noah Gay as Hero Girl. Sorry, Nona Gay as Hero yeah. Girl. Peter Scolari as Billy slash Lonely Boy. Yes, and some fun facts about this movie is the film is listed in the 2006 Guinness Book of World Records as the first all-digital capture film where all acted parts were done in digital capture. Three different actors play the role of Hero Boy. Tom Hanks um, does most of the motion capturing and the adult voice. Daryl Sabera does the voice acting and Josh Hutcherson did some additional motion capturing. Yes. Of, of like Hunger Games fame. Yeah. Yeah. Was I found that out in, a few years ago. Was he not in Maze Runner 2? No. No? Different guy I'm thinking of. Different guy. Okay. You're thinking of Lerman, right? Logan Lerman? Was he uh-huh. the guy in Maze Runner? I, you know what? I don't I'm know, not going to look that The little blonde up. kid. <laughs> I never I really know. saw that movie. <laughs> oh, you're thinking of the kid that was in Narnia for the little blonde kid in that movie? There was a kid in Narnia in Maze Runner. Okay. And then the last fact about this movie is the movie is based on the book The Polar Express by author Chris Van Alsberg, who also wrote Jumanji. And, yeah. I, also, and I haven't heard of the other one, but I, I thought it was interesting, which is Zethera. Zethera? But I found it interesting either. that he made Jumanji. It sounds familiar. I just can't remember where I know it from. Yeah. Anyway. I just find it interesting that Polar Express was made by the same person as right? Jumanji. Jumanji. They're, like, totally different. Yeah. I was, like, uh, They're, like, polar opposites. Polar? Uh, uh, actually, in hindsight, no, they're really not. Polar Express is very much an action movie. True. Like, yes, it's a Christmas movie, but at its core, it's an action movie. Yeah. Um... So who is your favorite character? I like, I like Billy, but I, I also like really Girl. like Hero Boy. <laughs> I like them both. They're all good. I love Hero Girl. I love the trio, the main trio. Yeah, same. I, I also, also like the conductor. Like... Have you seen the like one TikTok guy that does the Polar Express conductor yes. cosplay videos? Yes. He's amazing. I love him so yes. much. Yes. That's a great one. But no, I don't like how only one character has a name in this movie. Same. Like, that really bothers me. It it should all be, like, no names or... Or all names. Everyone have names. Which I yeah. would have preferred it to have no names. Because then you could put yourself in the shoes of each yeah. character. So, what's your favorite song? Mm, okay. I'm torn between the title, like the movie's like theme song, which With is Josh Believe Groban. by Josh Groban. Yes, I love that song. <laughs> I know. Um, too. But when Christmas comes to town is like so classic and I like love heartwarming. When Christmas comes to town. Yeah, I think that one has to be my favorite. That one's my favorite. That one's my absolute favorite. Josh Groban's Believe is a very, very, very close second, like by a yeah. hair. I. When Christmas Comes to Town has, like, such a special place in my, um, mind, or, like, in my life, 
because last year for um, a virtual Christmas caroling thing I did, I did When Christmas Comes to Town right after um, my former like high school director and like role model and all that in my life. He did Believe from Polar Express as well. But we yeah. went one right after the other. And didn't you do it with your sister? No, I was supposed to, but then she couldn't do it. So we've done other stuff for it together. But I did it as a solo, which is a really weird thing. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, I sang it in a, a Christmas parade in Indiana when we went, when I was younger. And my uh, cousins were supposed to do it with me. And then they got scared and didn't want to do it. So I had to do it all by myself. Yeah. I mean, it works, but yeah. Not as well. No. Um, and what's your least favorite moment? Oh, wait, what's your favorite moment? I didn't do, we didn't do favorite moment yet. Um, hmm. I like when Santa gives Hero Boy the bell after it falls off the reindeer and he gets it and he's like, I can't hear it. I can't hear it. And then... He, like, sees Santa, and, like, he still can't hear it, but then he gets it when he goes home, and he can hear it. Yeah. I guess that's, like, the whole the whole ending of the movie. But, like... You see, my favorite moment is when the hero girl saves that extra mug of hot chocolate for Billy. That's so sweet. I do love that part. I love it so much. I love Hero Girl. Someone I follow on TikTok has been doing a really good hero girl cosplay recently for Christmas. Nice. And I don't remember who it is. I'll have to send it to you whenever I find her. Yeah. And what's your least favorite moment? Um, I don't like when they get stuck in the, like, present wrapping sorter room. Yeah. I don't like that. Like I, I just it, like, don't like anything with the know-it-all kid. That too. Also, oh, also the part with the hobo at the top of the train. Oh, when it's he gets, so creepy. When he gets hit by, like, the, the tunnel and he, like, disappears. That part used to scare the poop out of me as a kid. Have... Anything, anything with, like, the ghosts used to scare yeah, me. Same. I actually have a theory, um... That we can get into a little bit later from the Polar Express. Because I was thinking about, like, why was Tom Hanks the voice of all these characters? And I'd there's a theory about theory. it. I'd love to hear this theory. Okay. Well, first, let's get into some of my other notes that I saw. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have no notes. And Emma's is, like, two pages. No, it's literally the theory that takes up the two pages. Okay, okay. Um, But what does the conductor do? guy do the other 364 days of the year maybe he's just Same a with regular the train conductor maybe they're just regular waiters maybe they're just hired maybe santa hires them to do the polar express every year also okay. i was sitting at what was i sitting i think i was sitting at dinner the other night and i just like was like sitting there going doing the hot chocolate song and i hadn't even watched the movie yet i was like hot 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 chocolate. You were doing that, like, right before we went to go record last week. Was it that? Well, no, because I started remembering the lyrics. I was just sitting there with my mom, and she was like, how do you even remember this? I was like, oh, never, ever let it cool. Have you ever done one of the, like, 
Polar Express trains? No. You see, there's one, like, right up in North Carolina where my grandparents used to live. And they do the Polar Express thing and they do the full song and everything. And it's, like, a train ride you can do with your family. I want to do... No, it should only be kids. (laughs) It should, but, yeah. Also, I want to just say a story that happened with one of my friends just this week that's to do with the Polar Express to preface the story we were playing finish the Christmas lyric Christmas edition um, game at like my college youth group so it would be like on the 10th day of Christmas my true love gave to me fill in the link lyric there oh oh oh. kind of thing I don't even remember what the 10th day of Christmas is shoot I can barely remember the first five I don't Lord's know. Leaving. I think it was 10 Lords leaving. That's not the point of the story. But one of my <laughs> friends, when I had them guess um, lyrics to When Christmas Comes to Town, he immediately recognized it from being from Polar Express. And he goes, I hate that know-it-all kid. He's like, do you know what kind of train this is? Because growing up, people used to say I look like him. And now I can't unsee it whenever I see that kid in this film. <laughs> I had never seen it before he said it to me. That's so funny. You'll have to send me a picture. Okay. He's going to be at my Christmas party I'm going to tonight, so. Yes, you'll send me a picture. <laughs> yeah. So shall we get into this theory? I'm very curious. So this so one, yes. So this one focuses on the hero boy, hobo, and conductor, which were all voiced by Tom Hanks, as we mentioned earlier. So the theory he barely starts... voiced Hero Boy though only at the yeah, end. Yeah, but he was the adult one. Okay, fine. Um, now the budget for the Polar Express was one hundred and sixty-five million dollars, and the average bud- movie budget in two thousand four was one hundred and twenty-three million. So they could definitely afford to hire more voice actors, but they didn't. Why would they do it? Think about it. Why would they use the same voice actor for multiple characters that have nothing to do with each other, unless they do? Or they could just be like, we freaking love Tom Hanks. Okay, can I just have this theory? Sorry, I mean, who doesn't like Tom Hanks? I mean, yeah. What, he, like, what? Woody would have just started to be a thing, Toy Story? In well, Woody would be, they'd be in their second movie already. Oh, jeez. The first Toy Story came out in 95, I think. Oh, yeah, you're right. So... This Reddit user says, now the hobo sits on the top of the train, drinking coffee, and calls himself the king of the North Pole. He also makes fun of Santa at some point, making him seem very skeptical. Yet he does everything in his power to make sure that Hero Boy makes it to the North Pole. This includes helping him back on the train, as well as showing him the manual brake on the caboose. Why would a skeptic make sure a little boy meets Santa? Because he is Santa. I think that the hobo represents the ghost of what would have happened to the hero boy had he never gotten on the train. A skeptical, bitter adult who is stuck on the Polar Express trying to meet Santa. I think if hero boy had never gotten on, he would have become a bitter old, uh, this bitter man and rode atop the train as he could never receive a ticket. But once he dies, he hits flat top tunnel. His ghost now rides the top of the train to the North Pole and turns to snow whenever he reaches his death site. Hmm. Now, the conductor, however, is another important part of this Reddit user's story, uh, or theory. He is determined to make sure that this train reaches the North Pole. 
The conductor also looks like an adult version of Hero Boy. He is strict but kind and looks out for Hero Boy. He also looks just like Tom Hanks. Yeah, he does. It's like they took Tom Hanks and were like, good enough. Smack. Yeah. Tom Hanks. So this Reddit user believes that the conductor represents Hero Boy as an adult after riding the train. He makes sure the Hero Boy believes in Santa by the end of the trip. He even stamps believe onto the Hero Boy's ticket. And of course, he's the exact, um, his voice is exactly the same as adult Hero Boy. But he stamps believe in a bunch of other things. Every time he flips the ticket, it's a different thing. No, like other ones is lead and all that. Learn. Yeah, but remember, every time he flips the ticket, it's a different word. It's not just one True. word. It, it changes. True. The first word is believe, but the rest of them are others. Maybe it's because he knows. He's like, hmm, this is what you need in your life to get to this point. Who knows? Yeah, because other know. ones were lead and all that other stuff. Lead, learn, grow. No, I can't remember what the other one is. Oh, I can't either. Those are the two I remember, lead and learn. I, I remember lead. So, and believe. Um, well, yeah, believe so, is like the title song. Yeah. If you just believe. Thank you, Josh Groban. Of so what would you rate this movie up? out of 10? You're like so done with me right now. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so what would you rate this movie out of ten? <laughs> okay. Um, so what would you rate this movie out of 10? I give it a 9 out of 10. Same. Eight, mm, 9.8 out of 10. Okay. Um, the only part I don't like is the part when the hobo guy is terrifying. And yeah. And I also don't also like- Also the Scrooge puppet. Yes. The Scrooge puppet scares the poop out of me. Still, to this day, it scares me. Can we talk I about also... how this director is basically, like, because uh, I'm on Rotten Tomatoes right now, looking at the director and the other two films that he is credited as on here. Uh-huh. He is basically like Tim Burton is to um, Johnny Depp. Oh. Forrest Gump and Castaway are two oh. of his other movies. Of course. No wonder. No wonder okay. Tom Hanks is everyone. Yeah. Okay, that <laughs> totally makes sense. Um, but I also really don't like the part that used to always really scare me too was when they were on the ice. <gasps> Same. Yeah. Don't like that part. Also either. the, the caribou, ice. like the beard, like them like using pulling his beard to make like the caribou go away. Eh, I don't think that one's that bad. It sounds scary, but I don't like it. Yeah. Okay, I stick to nine out of ten then. Yeah. So, what do you think critic and audience score is? I feel like audience score is, like, 50. Like, okay. people Like, people are so divided. They either love this movie or they hate this movie. Because this movie sits in something called the Uncanny Valley. 
because of the way they did the motion capture because they used motion capture which made it look real and the way they animated it made it look very realistic but too realistic like to the point where like your brain knows that like there's something wrong like it's not human but it's not not human yeah like it's it's really interesting there's a lot of articles that you could read about the uncanny valley there's also a robot that they made her name is sophia sophia the robot and she also lives in the uncanny valley and what do you think the critics score is 85 okay you want to know what it actually is not really but okay the critic score is a 56 (sighs) percent and the audience score is a 63 (sighs) they're wrong this hurts me i'm telling you it's because it lives in the uncanny valley that's one of the reasons and because people think it's too scary for kids which honestly i kind of agree it used to scare me a lot but like you know what after watching it so many times I'm reading one of the bad reviews of this movie. It made me laugh. Okay. People in Hollywood should never work with children or animals, W.C. Fields once said. Maybe that should be expanded to hyper-realistic computer-generated children and reindeer, too. (laughs) Okay, and here's a good review from Time Magazine. At some point very early in the 3D IMAX version of the Polar Express, technology trumps finality and you helplessly surrender to the shock and awe of this big, often thunderous movie. Yeah, I feel like I could totally understand how this would be way too much in 3D IMAX. Same. Like, I totally get it. Sometimes it's a little too much and I'm watching it on a TV. So... I understand how watching it in 3D and in IMAX could be really jarring. (laughs) Keith Phipps from AV Club. As a spectacle, the Polar Express looks remarkable. As a film, however, it's the equivalent of an elaborately wrapped Christmas present containing a nice new pair of socks. Hey, I like getting socks for Christmas. I like getting Hot Topic socks for Christmas. I like getting socks in general from anywhere. If they're cute, I'll wear them. Also, I'm missing a bunch of socks that weren't paired when they went into the laundry, and now they're gone. And they were brand new. Yeah. Womp womp. So shall we get into this last film? Did you share your rating for this one? Yeah. Okay. Yes, let's get into this last one, which I was watching last night, and I was quoting it as I was watching it. We have a lot of facts for this movie, so let's get into it. You can do the synopsis directed by came out, and I'll do the cast. Okay. So, the last movie that we're going to talk about is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yes. On the outskirts of Whoville lives a green, revenge-seeking Grinch who plans to ruin Christmas for all of the citizens of the town. Um, it was directed by Ron Howard and came out in 2000. Yes. And the cast includes Jim Carrey as Grinch, Taylor Momsen as Cindy Lou Who, Callie as Max, 
Jeffrey Tambor as Mayor Augustus Mayhew, Christine Berensky as Martha May Hoover, right? Hoover? Huvier. Huvier. It's weird to me that has an R. I don't know why. It's French. I know. Speaking of French, remind me to ask you something. Okay. Bill Irwin as Lou Lou Who and Molly Shannon as Betty Lou Who. Which, who would name, Lou Lou Who? That's <laughs> terrible. That's like, that's like. Well, and then his sons are Stu, um, Stu Who or Stu, Stu Lou Who and Drew and, Lou Who. Yeah. Also, those Sydney. two brothers give me Fred and George vibes. Hardcore, yes. <laughs> Um, some fun facts about this movie are Jim Carrey spent 92 days in grunge makeup, spending two hours in the morning getting in and one hour in the evening getting out. According to Carrey, he became a Zen master while sitting in the makeup chair. Um, Jim Carrey's Grinch suit is covered in yak hair, which was dyed green and sewn onto a spandex suit. Which I love. <laughs> yes. And then the last fact is Sir Anthony Hopkins recorded all of the narration for this movie in one day. Which is crazy to think that Hannibal Lecter does the <laughs> narration for How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I was telling Kara that and she she could not believe that um, Hannibal Lecter was the narrator for the Grinch 2000 movie. I think it's hilarious. I love, I love that movie and I love Sir yeah. Anthony Hopkins. So I think it's really funny. So who's your favorite character? Who? Who? <laughs> but um, um, I don't know. I love the Grinch. I love him. I'm like Cindy Lou. I like you can't help but love him. I love Cindy Lou. Who? She's great too. She's my favorite. Oh gosh, now we're starting to rhyme. <laughs> it's um, like when he goes, "I'm even rhyming." the humanity so kara gave me two notes about this film that i wanted to like make sure we get in okay the first one is when we were kids we all thought we were cindy lou who but now that we are adults we are all the grinch what if i'm still cindy lou who now (laughs) and then the other fact is our lovely perpetually tired editor always says or she has always been told that she is a mixture of Buddy the Elf and Jim Carrey's Grinch. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I feel like I'm just Buddy the Elf and Cindy Lou Who and Martha May Huvier and, like, anybody who's obsessed with Christmas. That's me. Who would I be? I don't know. All of them. <laughs> I mean, what are we look at me? <laughs> no, like, I feel like... You don't have as much, like, like just, like, crazy energy as I do 90% of the time. <laughs> That's amazing. It's my Santa Star Wars Mickey hat, for those who you I gotta, know. I gotta locate my Santa hats. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I feel like, can we just be a mixture? Can I just be all the who's? Can we both just be all of the who's all the time? Yes. I have some friends um, that work at Universal that are friends with the Who's. Yeah. And one that's friends with the Grinch. I I like that. Yeah. And his younger sister, who is our age, is friends with Cindy Lou. Ah, goals. So sometimes they're on set together. That's goals. Yeah. 
I did Cindy Lou in that parade that I was telling you about. I wore the outfit where she's like in the plaid skirt. And the... <gasps> that is so. I want all of her outfits. Like right to this day. Even the PJs. The thing I love about the PJs. The PJs are the pink with like the little peplums on them. Yeah. And I love how it's like different from the original movie and book. Yet it pulls. Uh, it's like reminiscent of the book because like in in the original movie she's wearing like the little nightgown with the little peplums at the bottom but she wasn't wearing a nightgown she was wearing like a top and pants but they still had the little peplums on the bottom and i was like i love that i do too um oh so can we just talk about um oh what was it the machine that um martha has to put up the lights on goals i need one i need one as well Mm mm-hmm also, that mask also, was so terrifying. Seriously. That the one that the Grinch wearing, wears? Like, right yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, okay. You know, the hooves are supposed to be tiny. They're supposed to be smaller than a speck of dust. And there's in... even smaller ones, like the one in the yeah. tuba. Yeah. I was like, uh. <laughs> How do things get that small? I don't even know. Do we want to know? No. Exactly. And then I also noted, um, you know when Stu and Drew are going up to the Grinch's lair and they have those girls with them? Yeah. Their outfits are so Y2K. It I hurts. mean, this movie came out in 2000. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, that is why. Yeah, it's great. And I love it. Also, how did Cindy's mom not get caught for stealing the freaking traffic, traffic light? light? Yeah. Like... <laughs> Okay. Also, I love when we're getting, like, the backstory of the Grinch, and he comes down in his little pumbercella. Yeah. That's all, like, nasty. But, like, he's sitting there, and you can see that the lesbian ladies that raised him are having a key party. Yeah. Which, like, I'm sure most people have noticed that by now. But, like... There, I love that this movie includes things that you don't really realize until, like, you're, like, exactly an adult. You're like, oh, that's what that is. Like, um, when the other little baby comes down and the guy opens the door <gasps> and he goes, oh, and honey, he goes, our baby's here. It looks like your boss. Yeah. Um, also, and I, I, I ran this by Kara because I was talking with her right before we got on. Um. Mm-hmm. So you know the scene where Baby Grinch has just shaved, like, in his yeah. little backstory? And how he has the bag on his head, and the teacher tells him to take it off, so he puts the book up and takes off the bag. Then she's mm-hmm. like, put the book down, and then he puts it down, and his foot is in his face. Mm-hmm. That's a very Muppet scene to me. Yeah. I was watching it, and I was like, this is very Muppety. Yeah. Did you also notice that the mayor's hair didn't change? Yes. Also, can we talk about how his assistant is gay for him? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Like. But I realized, I think that the reason the mayor's hair stays the same, but everybody else has changed, is because he hasn't changed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, I I may do something drastic. When she like, I uh, also, it's like, I also wrote so dramatic a sedative for Christmas, and then it's the 
Ding. Uh. Also, also, Martha doesn't have a who knows like everyone else. It does. It is just slightly. It is slightly. Did she get a nose up. job? I don't think so. Why is her nose not like fully like all the others? Well, I hers is just slightly turned up, and it's because she's supposed to be the pretty one. I know, but okay. I mean, she could have gotten a nose job, but yeah. even in the even in when they're kids. Well, I mean, all the kids don't have the, like, the little kids. They all yeah. just have, like, upturned noses, so. Yeah, because, also, I was reading through some of your notes, and I love how we both talked um, about her robe that she's wearing as the I just murdered my husband robe. It's true. <laughs> it is. Shh. Also, Cindy's brothers have no significance to this plot at all. At all. None whatsoever. I wish they had a little bit more. Or yeah. they were just cut out. Yeah. Either one. They're, I don't even remember them in the original, honestly. They're not in the original. They added them for the movie and then did nothing with them. I don't know. They did the, that so we could get the teens going up the mountain to like see the Grinch. And but they could have just been random teens. Time. It didn't have to be their kids. Exactly. It could have just been some random teens. I, literally, I barely even realized, like, just now that it's their kids. I thought it was just random teens this whole time. No, because he's like, Stu, like, shut up. The father yeah. is. Yeah, I didn't realize that until, like, recently. Yeah. Also, the amount of abuse Max goes through in this movie is astounding. Is insane. <laughs> I'm sure, like, the actual dog didn't actually go through abuse. I'm sure it was I'm all, sure. like, Well, faked. so I was reading about the dog, and, um... She was adopted for this movie. Like, they literally adopted her from the shelter. So cute. Yeah. I was saying to my mom that we should dress up our dogs as the Grinch and Max for Christmas. You should! Because Muffin is absolutely a Grinch, and Lily is absolutely a Max. My cat has uh, has his own little costume, um, and it's... A, like, Santa riding on his back, like, in his little I've sleigh. I've seen those. Yeah. Those are My great. cat Tigger has one. That's adorable. Yeah. Okay, moving on. What is your favorite part? Oh, jeez. We, we just went through the notes and didn't talk about our favorite parts. Nope. Um, the Grinch montage with like when he's making a scheme with the you're a mean one in the background which jim carrey is singing yeah like it's great it is great also just all the quotable moments yeah it's so this movie is amazing the for what i wear i love how we both went for the same scene right and then the hate 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 double Double hate hate. loathe entirely I saw a Harry Potter video with that audio just the other day. And it was mm-hmm. all these, like, different I characters. I saw it, too. I saw it, hated. too. Yeah. And Loath entirely was um, Umbridge. Umbridge. Yeah. <laughs> the crossover we didn't know we needed. Yeah. What's your favorite moment? Um, I like the very end. I like the ends of all these movies when they're, like, happy and, like, everything is settled. But I also really love when he goes down and he does the, um, he does all of the, like, duties of the cheermeister. Oh my gosh, yes. And he's, like, doing the conga and he's so into it. 
I also really like um, the moment that um, he and Cindy and all of them are doing the and he's just making up the words. Oh, yeah. That was and me Mar- last night and watching it. And then it shows it. Martha um, like trying to teach him, him the yeah. lyrics. It's funny. Yeah. That was me last night. I was where he goes, Fahurei Muyahudei the Christmas, Christmas. Me too. I feel that. Yeah, my um again, my friends that are friends with the Grinch and Cindy. So at Universal, they do like uh I think it's like an hour long version of the Grinch tale, and it's based on the Carrie Grinch. That's cute. So. He does that, and, you know, I, the only time I ever really see that show is when my two friends who are brother and sister are friends with Cindy Lou that, and Grinch that day. That's cute. It's always adorable seeing them do it together. That's very cute. Yeah. I also really love the videos, same, though. it's the same scene when they're, like, in doing all the Cheermeister stuff, but when he's doing the sack race with all the kids... And he turns the corner, and you just hear chariots of fire. Just that, yes. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, and it's so intense. And he wins, and he's like, oh, I won! <laughs> it's just so yeah. good. I love the whole thing. You see, my least favorite moment to kind of get into that is when Cindy's blamed for all of his actions after. Right? Because, like, it's totally the mayor's fault because he gives him something that, like, Grinch has PTSD over. Yeah, like he was just a bully and he's still a bully and it sucks. It's rude. Also, I realized the razor is a sheep shearer. Oh. That's what it is. That's what they that use to sheep even more to shear sour. sheep. Or that makes me even more sad. Well, I'm sure they it's just like stylized. Like that's what razors were in Whoville. But like that's what it is. Like because, like, you see things that are used, like, untraditionally as different things in, like, yeah. Star Wars and, like, in... Like, the ice cream the maker. Christmas. In, like, Empire Strikes Back, there's, yeah. like, a guy running in the background with an ice cream maker. Yeah. Like, things like that. But, like, I, Which, I just thought it was interesting. I was the like, ice cream maker, at, like, cons, they'll now do, like, Race of the Ice Cream Maker. That's so funny. Like, at, like, Star Wars Celebration, they will do it, and it's a huge event. <laughs> I love that. We need to join yeah. one day. We need to join yeah. when we go to Celebration together in There we the go. Future. We'll go. We'll do it. Also, one last thing before we get into... Well, we didn't do our favorite song, but mine's Where Are You Christmas. There's, like, that's, like, the only song besides, like, the and, end song. like, Grinch. Oh, yeah, and Grinch. And like that, welcome Christmas, Christmas Day. That one. Yeah. Um. There's another one. No. Then they reprise that one, Welcome Christmas, one another time in the, earlier in the film. Yeah, they sing it again. Yeah. Oh, the Boo Hoo song? But no, it, it, it turns into that. Yeah. So it, I don't you know. know. Um, I just wanted to note how young Christine uh, I know. Bransky looks in this movie. Compared to last week when we talked about Dolly Parton Christmas on the Square. Like, it's insane how young yeah. she looks in this movie. But 
my last little thing that I wanted to mention is the um, on vacasa.com, which is like Airbnb. They have yeah. a stay in the Grinch's cave. And it's in so Boulder, cool. Utah. So I guess we're taking a trip to Boulder. Yeah. Next Christmas. Yeah, I guess we're all taking a trip to Boulder. Yeah. It's a two-bedroom um, house. Yeah. And, like, it has, like, decor that looks grinchy, and they have, like, signs out the front. They even have the, um, the, like, organ thing. Yeah, and, and also, like, can we just talk about how cheap it is to stay there? Yeah. It's $19.57 a night. my gosh what got up my nose wait where are you seeing that in the listing it says bookings are available for limited stays from night um december 13th through the 23rd at a steal of a nightly rate of 1957 um uh, $19.57 in honor of the book's original release year oh that's so cute yes and then it says that this re- location is remote so you'll need to bring food and beverages for your entire stay ah that's probably why yeah and there's no internet so oof i know oh my let's do it i don't know man we'd have to download all of the notes we need to record an episode yeah or we'd have to do like video vlogging and just vlog our time there and i'll edit it and then post it when we get back yeah this would be really fun though maybe for like two or three days we'd go to utah to do other stuff but like go for like two or three days yeah or a night or a night yeah yeah a night would be good and just like download the movies we want to watch before we get there (laughs) and that's when we do our trunk disney episode Yes! (laughs) Yes! <laughs> Recorded live from the Grinch's lair. Drunk, drunk Disney. Grinch. We're just drunk Grinch 2000. And us watching Grinch 2000 just yes. hammered. Yes. In his house. Let's do and it. And we'll just record it. We'll just live record it. Like, whatever happens. One mic. Whatever happens, happens. Like. Yeah. Maybe we'll never release it, but very fun. Okay. So what would you rate this film out of 10? 10 out of 10. 9.75 out of 10. Bro, that's so specific. Just give it a 10. Fine. A 10. (laughs) That's like so, that's like so. What? What do you think the critic and audience score is on Rotten Tomatoes? I don't want to know. That sounds sad. That sounds bad. I feel like they're going to be like 40 for the critics and like 50 for the audience. Do you want to know? Not really. Because this has been your closest one pretty much so far. No. It's a 49% for critics and a 56 for audience. People are wrong. See, here's the thing. Okay, now let's go down to see. No, I don't even want to hear it. I don't even want to know. 
I don't even want to know. <laughs> what they say. It just doesn't work taking these short two stories and turning them into a feature film. Very unpleasant to watch. Lies. It's very pleasant to watch. You also, know can we talk about how to the, watch? Oh, the can the hat one, which is why we'll never see yes. live action Dr. Seuss again. Is that yes? Movie? Yes. You know that story, right? No. Dr. Seuss's wife was like, after they made that really bad can the hat one, she was like, yeah, you're never touching my husband's work again. So it's banned for you to do like live action Dr. Seuss stories, which is why it's only animated since cat. That totally makes sense. Because that one was awful. It was. It was. And so terrifying. Bad. It was. Was Jim so Carrey bad. also the cat in the hat in that one? I don't know. Maybe I think it was. It looks like him. Oh, check that. In the hat live action. 2003. So what? Two, how many? Three years after this one? Mm hmm. No? Hmm. Looks like him. Mike Myers as the cat in the hat. Oh, yes. Alec Baldwin is You Larry mean Shrek? Quinn. You're telling me Shrek plays the cat in the hat? Yeah. <laughs> um, what's going to say? Um, Alec Baldwin plays the main antagonist, the, like, next-door neighbor who's allergic to cats. Alec Baldwin, um, I know him from... Oh, wait. Yeah, he was in Rise of the Guardians. He was Santa in the Rise of the Guardians film. Um, I'm trying to figure out what else he's been in. He has a long list. Hold on. Stop texting me, people. Oh, here's my fun fact that I have about Dr. Seuss himself. Okay. He was born in Springfield, but he, as an adult, he moved to San Diego and he lived here. And he, that, he lived in La Jolla from 1948 until he died in 1991. Interesting. Yeah. That's why. I couldn't remember. I was like, why is so, he so famous here? And that's it, why. Because he lived here. It looks like Alec Baldwin is like the is one of the DreamWorks guys because he's been in all of those Boss Baby movies as he's well. He's also... He was also in um, Madagascar <sighs> 2. Yes. And Rise of the Guardians. Yes. But he was the main villain in the Cat in the Hat movie. In yeah, no. Santa! The Russian Santa Claus from Rise of the Guardians. Russian? I think it's Russian. Okay. Should Shall we wrap we this up? In the outro? Yeah, I think so. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Fan Fatales. Gabby, would you like to tell our lovely audience what we will be chatting about next week? Yes, next week we're going to be talking about some of the classic Christmas movies. So, of course, It's a Wonderful Life, White Christmas, and some of the traditional claymation films. Yes, and remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And subscribe to us on YouTube. Please leave us a review and comment down below to tell us what you thought of the show. Remember to follow us on Instagram at FanFatalesPod for the latest updates and to possibly be featured in a future episode. Now, Emma, where can the people find you on social media? 
So my Instagram and TikTok are both at SnippyEmma, which is S-N-I-P-P-Y-E-M-M-A. What about you, Gabs? I'm at Gabby Gent on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. That's G-A-B-Y-J-E-N-T. Our music is by our amazing friend, Maddie Macon. And our editing is by the wonderful Kara Lensmeyer. As always, thanks for tuning in. Bye! Bye. The views expressed in this episode do not reflect the brand or company they're about.